comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. What is this, amateur hour? Episode 334. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode: Claw Marks. And that's why I'll never leave a Mountain Dew in the trunk of my car again. Two mm. later, of course. Not not three later. Mm. That'd be ridiculous, but two later. How long did it take to clean up? Eh, about four hours. It's a, it's but, you know, you hire some of the guys who hang out in the, on the corner, street corner, they can do it like that. That's a good story. Will you please, for once, tell it on air? Start at the beginning. <laughs> I've never okay. heard the beginning so of the story I because was. I'm not paying attention to pre-show. Oh, that's okay, Bill. It wasn't. It wasn't that interesting. Wait, you're flank. Frank, you're Frank, and you're Brad. Yes. Okay. Cool. Flank. And I'm who's good. this? I'm gonna. I'm gonna mark this down. Um, this over here. He's the. Um, he's the fifth Beatle. Mike, and his name is Mike. I can confirm that. Good night, Gracie. Yes. Mike, you've from, actually been on the show before, but not in physical form. That's correct. Uh, via telephone once. Yes. Via astral projection. Uh, onto the airwaves for well, the good listeners. What were you talking no, it about? Was, uh, it was episode six. We talked about Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Which this year is the, uh, as Russell from uh, Long Box of Doom uh, informed us, the 30th anniversary of Isn't Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's right. Year? You mean the Legion of Dudes, right? No. Uh, no. Long box of Not dudes. anymore. When did that happen? It Most was through, it was during the last ago. meeting. <laughs> that, that meeting? You were, that you were playing uh, I took Words short, with Friends look, on. I took a short nap, and I don't play Words with Friends, okay? I only play Minion Run <laughs> and Temple Run. So what brings you to Dallas, Mike? Uh, week's vacation uh, from work. Uh, came to see... Did your parents yeah. go away on a week's vacation? <laughs> No, that hasn't happened since high school. Nice. I came to see them for a week's vacation. Oh, they live That's here in fantastic. Dallas? Uh, in Sherman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, a, it's up the road a piece. You live in Oklahoma? Norman. The Norman. Great, the Sooners. That's Norman. right. That's, that's the great state of Oklahoma that he hails from. Uh, uh, a friend of mine went to... Oklahoma. A oh. friend of mine went to Broken Bow this, uh, this weekend, and uh, she sent some pictures back, and it's just gorgeous. That's Bigfoot country. Have you ever seen Bigfoot? It is Bigfoot country. No, thank heaven. Weren't you working you know on a convention centered around Bigfoot? Uh, I've looked for Bigfoot uh, for about three or four years. We were involved in that project. Okay. Yeah, and I never found him, thank heaven. Never found him? My CB handle is Bigfoot. Nice. Really? It is, honestly. <laughs> the shoe store I go to is called Bigfoot. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you really uh, a Bigfoot enthusiast? Uh, not anymore. Uh, but you used was, to like as a kid. He likes smaller feet now. <laughs> so, so what <laughs> happened? Little did feet, the, the band. Did the 
the original shine wear off, the the original adrenal dump wear. No, off, actually, what happened? What happened was daily uh, drudgery of chasing after Bigfoot. Uh, what happened was after spending enough time uh, doing it with those people, Bryce and I were making an independent film, and after four winters doing it. Uh, Enough had happened that I finally thought. Uh, or I remember the night it happened about two o'clock in the morning. I thought, I don't. Uh, that was Bigfoot. It's that, that's of, what happened. Be that careful night. what you wish for. It was like, what am I? What am I doing here? What? What? What if this? I, I couldn't uh, uh, wrap my head around the fact that something might happen. <laughs> okay. So okay. So so just just to clarify, you 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 uh, do believe in Bigfoot. Or you do believe, I believe it's possible? Just, uh, it's possible, and so you were part of a project to go out and like you were trying to make a documentary. About we made a him. we made an independent documentary about okay. the, about those people. I believe okay. it's possible. I'm going to marry Rebecca Romaine, <laughs> but the chances of that <laughs> happening. Well, it became it was a fascinating thing because um, I came in with no real preconceptions other than the, the obvious geek enthusiasm with Bigfoot, but. You go to these places and stand in front of somebody who really thinks they saw something, and they, half of them wouldn't even talk on camera, and they have no motive to lie to me. And um, there were some strange stories. And, of course, you, you realize half of them are crazy, but yeah. <laughs> um, once you talk to them and spend time with them, but then the truth of it is it only takes one person to tell the truth. Yeah. Only, one, only one story has to be true. Right. So that, That's actually kind of, kind of fascinating. I didn't, I didn't uh, realize that you had that kind of... Um uh, passion there. I mean, I think we've all been at an age, usually uh, around ten years old or so, mm-hmm. where we get that fascination with monsters oh, sure. and stuff like that as a kid, yeah. and it becomes like, oh, I gotta know about it and stuff. And it's See, just, and when you meet adults who are kind of into that, as you grow older, it's you kind of start to doubt. Like, man, maybe you didn't let go of reality. You know, maybe yeah. you didn't let go of your fantasy. But My ex-wife's uncle claimed until the day he died that he saw one deer hunting. Really? Yeah. He saw a Bigfoot he claimed yeah. he hunting deer. I assume the Bigfoot was also hunting deer. Yes. They were both hunting deer. Oh, his good eating. The grandfather was deer hunting. My ex-wife's un- uncle. Uncle, and that's when he saw the yes, Bigfoot. He, it it been, I would have been more impressed if he had seen a Bigfoot <laughs> that was actually doing the deer hunting. That was hunting well, it was deer. both season. So, so both, well, okay, everyone so, knows Bigfoot doesn't have thumbs. Did he scare it? <laughs> <laughs> so what what are what's the uh, what are the common themes along the Bigfoot stories that you mean to interview people? What are some of the uh, reoccurring themes? In uh, it was story? usually in the winter winter time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Does Bigfoot sound like that? Uh, we were told that Bigfoot can impersonate any animal in the forest. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. which is convenient. See, I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. I've uh, I've listened convenient. to a lot of Bigfoot tales in my time. I didn't realize that they could imitate voices. Can Bigfoot do, actually, the just, one of us told uh-huh. Bigfoot, it sounds like a howler monkey. Can he do cicadas? <laughs> if you have a howler monkey, yeah. that's probably closer to it. You know, can he do Juni- cicadas? I don't think so. You know, Junie from the Spy Kids movies can do that also. Well, He's really good. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's Bigfoot! Look out! That's the, the famous... It sounds like a dog. ...crazy dog growl <laughs> impression that... Bigfoot does yes, yes. on occasion, right? Okay, to, and, to and, lure other dogs. Yes, and right. finally, your favorite uh, television or movie uh, rendition of Bigfoot, Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. That's pretty much by default, isn't it? Well, I mean, there's also Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, okay. There's, yeah, yeah. there's also right. Futurama. Boy, I don't know. Can I count Cabin in the Woods? I don't. I don't know. Oh, yes, you, you know, may. I guess you can. Uh, yes, you may. Yes, okay. we're, we will allow that. The Security Council is. I can't ruled. think of a good Bigfoot movie. Other than, well, I'll tell you that was there um, a Bigfoot in 
The Sasquatch is on the is on the board. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Greatest yeah, horror movie ever, by the way. <laughs> I agree with that statement. Man, those six million dollar episodes were awesome. And they had they had to run the uh-huh. they had to run the bomb up the volcano. Refresh did my Richard memory. Richard Peel yeah. play Bigfoot in those. Refresh oh, my man, memory. How did the Bigfoot fit into the six million dollar man mythos? Well, the, the was, way he was bionic, he was bionic, wasn't he? Bigfoot was freaking bionic too. Bigfoot was like bionic. That. It was something like that. He yeah. was made by but, John Saxon. Yes, it was, it was part of the That's clone right. bot. Thing. He was a he was a, a, a furry fembot basically, and it was a he as far as we know. But but Bigfoot was stronger. Than uh, Jamie Summers or Steve Austin, who at one point was a man barely alive. Um, but Do you remember in that episode d- where they had to race up the volcano? There are three of them carrying the bomb to basically implode the volcano. Basically, the uh, the plot point that J.J. Abrams ripped off <laughs> so he could start Star Trek into darkness and um, come close to ruining it uh, after that. Do you remember um, that but, episode mm-hmm. of Six Million Dollar Man where they had? Steve Rogers had to fight the um, Steve Rogers. Or, I'm I don't sorry. remember him. Steve, uh, what was, was he in? Who was Six Million Dollar Man? I don't remember now. Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Okay. Where he had to? Where that. they had to fight that? It'd be a lot more confusing if Captain that. America wrestling <laughs> the Six Million Dollar Man. Hey, hey, hey. That unstoppable uh, Mars machine alive. that could not be stopped. Do you remember that? God, I love this open. Yeah. This is one of the greatest opens ever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it probably is. Literally. Oh. Getting goosebumps. Mm. I wish this was on Netflix. Oh, I know. I've looked for this. I'm afraid I'd be disappointed. It's probably I, I think unwatchable. Well, I want the Bionic Woman. As, as, a, as a child, or, or I, I have relived we have some the classic movies I've loved as a kid. Relived as an true. adult. We can it's always we the don't revisit. Yeah. It's so much better. Than that. That's why I haven't rewatched the Fall Guy. Yeah, don't. Oh no, you haven't. Even though Heather Thomas is on it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rewatch. Oh, you haven't oh, gone back. It probably it probably holds up. Magnum holds up. You haven't gone back and watched Fall Guy. No. Because yeah, the the, the deep voiced announcer on ABC. I always thought he said it really weird. It sounded like he said Fog Eye. Everything was better then because you didn't you 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 had to wait a week. You couldn't you just have to go get to just go get a DVD and watch an entire season. Yeah. So the Bigfoot episode I, aired in nineteen seventy six. Hey, apparently Bigfoot wow. was on the Bionic Woman also. Oh yeah. Well, there's that episode. Uh, it was a crossover. It's part of the John Bionic Woman. Here's the story. Versus Bigfoot. I just, clip. I'm tingling with excitement right now. Here's here's the storyline or the uh, the synopsis for mm-hmm. the secret of Bigfoot. Two geologist friends of Steve Austin disappear in California while placing earthquake sensors in the woods. Yes. A giant footprint is found nearby, leading to speculation of the involvement of a Sasquatch. Yes. yes. I'd watch that right now. But the episode I'm where they team up the, with a bionic woman, they have I'm to get up to the, the top Steve of this volcano. Clip on and YouTube. all three of them, all three of them start up the mountain. And Jamie is carrying the bomb first, but she's the weakest and shows she has to stop. And so then the $6 million man carries the bomb up like another third of the way up the volcano, and then it's too much for him, and he has to stop, and so Bigfoot has to take the bomb up so like the fight? last couple hundred yards or whatever, and he has to dump the, the bomb into the volcano and defuse it. You know, according to I don't YouTube remember they here, fought. this was um, they became Andre the Giant that played. Oh, that that's right. That's right. That played Bigfoot. Yeah, so they didn't even have to make him up. They just basically, just, just like, dude, just let your hair grow for a couple of weeks and come on in. There's that zoom. Wow, he oh. must have been really hungry that day. Cheers, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching a clip from 
Steve Austin fighting Bigfoot. Yeah, oh. that's what I was looking at. <laughs> Golly. I'm going to have so to watch Oh, it is Andre the Giant. Yeah. Is he wearing the little shorts? No. No? He's not? Oh, here, I'm showing it to you guys. This is great radio, guys. Sorry about Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so Steve Austin <laughs> is being held by the chest by Bigfoot and being slung around like a rag doll until he elbows Bigfoot with his bionic arm. I still and, have uh, the Bigfoot action figure that, that if you oh, punch, him, punch him in the stomach, his chest plate pops You're a liar. Off. Oh, I do have it. I do have it. Uh, I miss it. I used to have the uh, the Bionic Man and uh, the uh, Fembot Oscar Goldman, but you could, you could put like three different faces on him. Oh, and one was John Saxon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what did you get for Christmas? Dude, oh, I man. Got the Oscar Goldman. Dude, figure. I had the spacesuit for Steve Austin, and there was, well, there were two spacesuits. There was yeah. one, uh, there was a parachute, a halo jumpsuit, it was orange, and nice. there was a spacesuit that had a backpack with an AM radio, and you could plug it into your ear Sweet. and listen to you know, No way. Really the only $6 million man toy I ever had was the actual Steve Austin. Yeah. Uh, was it the full size, like the G.I. Joe size one? Yeah, like 12 inch. Yeah, yeah. where you could look the, through the back of you his could, head. You could roll the skin down his yeah. forearm, and yeah. you could do a little operating you yeah, know, on the circuitry under there, and you could look through his You could look through the back of his head. You could look through his eye, right. just like with the eagle eye G.I. Joe. Right. And his arm. Yeah. he had a yes. chip in his right. arm. Do you remember do, that? You mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You could do a little micro circuitry surgery on him. You know, the best theme songs ever may be um, Six Million Dollar Man. Okay. The Wonder Woman theme song, and hard to argue. And uh, Barney Miller. Yeah. I would say the Jeffersons. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back. And That's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe. Maybe Happy Days. Maybe happy Perfect uh, Strangers. Oh! <sighs> <laughs> Got to do Perfect Strangers. Play Perfect Strangers. Just bring it up. Uh, it's worth it. I will. I'm gonna go. No. I'm gonna go. Sanford something. and Son. Oh yeah. You know who? You know who wrote that music? Quincy Jones. Thank you very much. And you know who? I'm Quin- and you know who Quincy Jones is married to? Mrs. Jones. Beyonce. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. So Quincy sings all about me and Mrs. Jones, huh? Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Best Jones. way I can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. A family. It's, they're like American royalty. I mean, he did the music for okay, this Gold is, Member. This is number one. She was in the office. It's pretty dang good. You know, good old Rashida Jones. Yeah. Sometimes the world is perfect. It's been a while. I haven't actually. All right, I'll spare. I want a filibuster so bad. Oh, cousin. Cousin, laddie. Hey, you know, Mike, in case you're ever interested in hearing an interview with the man who actually sang that theme song, you can check out our back catalog. We actually interviewed him. Yeah. It was nice. a very good, it was interview. A good interview. And he was yes. a fun guy. He was great. You know who, who we haven't interviewed yet? I need to find that clip when he when he um yes, introduced introduced us. I'll uh-huh. find that clip real quick. Mm-hmm. Um who haven't we interviewed? I've been meaning yeah. I've been meaning to to set this up. They never got Wait. me back to me. Wait, As I know, I know, Han, I know who it is. Han I know who it is. Solo? I know who it is. Han Rob's, Solo. It's Rob Zombie. No. Han no? Solo. Yeah, you were gonna get that guy on. <laughs> yeah. Han Solo. Don't he, you remember what he's forget- gonna be an Ender's game. He yeah. is a um he is Harrison Ford's assistant <sighs> he was... in the movie. And his real actor's name 
is Han Solo. That's tremendous. Was he in the Mosquito Coast? You don't remember this conversation, Bill? That was a good drama. What's the Um, man's name that sings that? I absolutely do. Uh, Steve something. Oh. Oh, this is embarrassing that we can't even remember his name. That's okay. You think he remembers us? Of course not. And he's not listening. Look, if his name is Steve, that's good enough for me. I've got just as much as I need here. Okay. What time is it? How far are we into this? Oh, my God. All right. So uh, next week... um, we are at the... We're oh, not, look, Frank we're not, has to put his old man glasses. We're not saying goodbye yet? Look at Frank's glasses. Why do you have tape in, on the bridge of them? You just got mm-hmm. them. Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. Oh, we're just 16 minutes in. Okay, let's talk about The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Ooh. Frank's making fun of me because I think okay. it's the best superhero movie this year. And uh, can I go ahead and... Um, I, I just think, the Brad, that's such that, a bold mm-hmm. statement for that movie. It is a very good movie. That is a pretty bold statement. I, think I it's, like the it's movie a, very bold a lot, statement. but oh, I didn't okay, think it was the best. Let's back up. Best How many superhero movies have there been this year? Superman been a three? Load. Not really. There's Iron Man like, 3. Uh, let's see. That's two. I know there was one more in I there. I think there's... Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think there's only three. Oh, that was last year. <laughs> I think it's Man of Steel, mm-hmm. Iron yeah. Man 3. And you're not going to go Star Trek into darkness. That's not, not a comic book it? movie. It's not a superhero movie. Darn sure, comic book. No, I think it's three. Yeah, I think it's right. better than either of those two, especially Man of Steel. Uh, that's a given. I think it's even better than Iron Man three, and Iron, I loved Iron Man three. Iron Man mm. three made me laugh so hard. I had so much fun with Iron Man three because comedy is important in a I superhero need to see movie. That movie. Well, uh, the levity, you know, uh, brevity, levity, both of those things. Um, Wolverine was a great. Fun action movie. I had a lot of fun. Good top-notch action. It's a good standalone movie, too. You can watch that movie without having seen any X-Men movie ever, and it still stands by itself. I thought it was really good. I just didn't think it was, like, the best superhero movie this summer. I did. Is that, is that, is that what you're saying? Best superhero movie of the summer? Yeah. It's right. better than Iron Man 3 or Man of Steel. That's my opinion. Okay. I think it's... Now, you I've guys... I've seen it twice. I loved it. You guys were calling this thing a character piece and i said you know what i don't think i ever used that phrase russell the great russell did he said consider it more character piece than an action ah, movie. man there's plenty there's of action great in action it. in it it's freaking really awesome. yeah it's in the wolverine yeah. really yeah why are you so <sighs> okay pissy about this hmm? just trying to have a laugh well <laughs> don't huh we're trying to be, okay well i don't know anything have... about this movie i i can tell you one thing um, I had the choice to go see The Wolverine or Pacific Rim a second time. I decided to go see Pacific Rim a second time. It's even better than Pacific Rim. That's, that's, this must be I would the say, Citizen yeah, Kane pa- pa- of movies then. Pacific Rim was fun, but If I was 12 years I old, to Pacific have, Rim would have been the greatest thing I've ever I seen. I wanted to have fun at the movies Agreed again, and I was afraid I was not going to have fun seeing The Wolverine. I figured, you know what, I can wait until uh, Wolverine hits the uh, dollar theater. Well, when you see it, you're going to go... You know, Brad, I'm, I wish I'd listened to I'm you. I'm going to be going, Brad, that movie seemed like <laughs> it was Brad? seven hours long. <laughs> no, it'll probably Brad. be good. <laughs> Dear Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, did you right. see Pacific Rim? Uh, I have seen Pacific Rim. I'm going to see Wolverine this weekend. Uh, like Bill, I, want, I went, wanted to see Wolverine, but uh, have not done it because I can't stop paying to see Pacific Rim. Really? <laughs> How many <laughs> times have you seen it? Uh, I've is... seen it twice, and I'll probably see it Have you again. seen it in 3D? <laughs> You're a good man. No, I've never seen a movie in 3D. 
Uh, You've never seen a really? 3D movie? No. I, Not even Space oh Hunter God. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone? Well, back in the Dizzy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... The, the Dizzy. None of this uh, newfangled stuff, no. I, in the I, Heezy? <laughs> wow. Do they not have 3D theaters? Uh, we have one of the best there. movie theaters in the okay. world. Um, but um, I that's not why I go to the movies. I, I, okay. Every director who's done a 3D film, even the best of them, will always admit that there is a part of the movie that they altered because of 3D. And Did I, you see Prometheus? Okay. I have seen Prometheus. Did you see Prometheus? Fantastic! I still in have 3D. not. I've seen Prometheus probably twenty times and still have not figured it out. It's the Moby Dick of twenty twenty first century. Hey, when we're done, film. I'll be happy to explain it to you. I, I <laughs> and there's a sequel, right? Yeah. I think it's a genius. Well, it yeah. hasn't been officially announced, but there's talk. Yep. The um, Prometheus two, yeah, uh, electric Prometheus here. <laughs> I am disappointed to hear Bill disrespecting the Wolverine. Even I. I'm I'm a DC guy, not a Marvel guy, but uh, the Wolverine is actually you probably know this is the first of the of this whole series of films that's gonna that's based directly on a famous comic story. Yeah, which, which I think is yeah. fantastic. That there's doing a mid credit sequence. No, I'm just I'm just funning, man. I think that uh, there's a mid credit sequence that you need yeah. to stay. I'm for. just surprised no, I, not to hear you not care about Wolverine. Well, I didn't think I was going to care about Pacific Rim either. I went into the theater going, all right. It should be some nice graphics, and hopefully it'll be fun. And I walked out. It's just, you know, every now and again, a movie just hits all the right notes inside you. And, you know, whatever other people think about it, you know, it just it, it, it clicked off all the check marks that you wanted to get clicked well, off. Well, like you, I probably you only have room satisfied. in my heart for two or three great movies a year. Yeah, and it's been... I heard someone, who was it, talking about how bad they thought the this summer's stock of movies has been. Like, how, how bad the selection was. It's like, you know, I wish that Star Trek had been a better movie, and I wish that You're Superman, there Man too, of Steel it was had been more awesome. fun. Star Trek Into uh, Darkness was freaking awesome. It was awesome. good, man. Uh, I was very disappointed. I, I, you guys I are both of, dumb. <laughs> the first I fell movie. out of love with Into Darkness you guys about are, 11 hours after I saw it. No, you guys are both stupid. I'm, I just, man, the I, second time I saw it. They have this great new universe, and they're yeah. going back to the well. You guys I, are both stupid. I, All three of you are dumb. A lot of it for me is the fact that the original Star Trek movie, the Why one from I haven't been this guy. I haven't been this guy in a long time. It's about time that I've been this guy again. All three of you are stupid and don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, the like first you Star are about Wolverine. The first Ooh, Star Trek movie uh, was almost perfect. It was a great movie on every. I don't want to talk level. about Star Trek anymore. We're not so talking about Star the Trek. The second well, one. My, here's my complaint about Into Darkness. Into Darkness was barely perfect. <laughs> okay. How, let let uh, think. It, let that blow your mind for a So wait a minute. What what's the phrase you used to describe the first one? Think, almost perfect. I think I might be a stroke. Did he say almost perfect? He said almost perfect. So what you're saying is that you liked Star Trek Into Darkness better than Bill liked the first one. Perhaps, but I hate myself for it. I don't know. Okay. I don't Did you like the first Star Trek movie, Mike? I, lo- I agree. It's and you're a, and you think it's better film. than the first one. Um. You think Into Darkness is better than the first one? As an action movie, yes. Oh, wait, wait, anything wait. happens in the you, first Star Trek I think movie. If you described Into Darkness as barely perfect. How yeah. would you describe Star Trek, the first one? What almost, phrase? Almost perfect. I agree okay, so that, that by default, that means Into Darkness, the sequel, was better than the first one for you. Uh, Ooh, I think you're reading between the lines. I don't think I'm uncomfortable well, agreeing with that. No, I'm not, because uh, I'm, I'm using the English language dictionary definition of the words 
almost, barely, and almost. almost. Barely, yeah. If you want to, so I'm almost there. Into I'm Darkness. Barely... The thing is about Into Darkness is it's not a Star Trek film. Wrong. It's an action movie and a great one, but it's not a Star Trek movie. The first one is at least tries to be a Star Trek movie. This the, one the, was the, totally the, a Star Trek movie. The the first one it it reinvents characters that we're familiar with in a new and exciting You don't need to reinvent them again for the second movie. I know. You don't. You move on, you tell a story. You move on, you tell a story that has not been told before. This this con story has never been told. Yes, it has. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. Wrong. You're dumb wrong. Well, this con story. This con story has never been told. You know what? No, it is not. Wait, 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 wait. We're having the same argument about Spider-Man only flipped. You realize that? No. Yeah, we are. Which Spider-Man? The uh, amazing Spider-Man. The last one. one. We're having the exact same conversation. You mean the horrible proof that Satan (laughs) is real? You talking about that Spider-Man movie? Okay. My beef with Into Darkness is that uh, by the end of the movie, this con story has still never been told. It's the Khan doesn't need to be the villain in that movie. It, it's pandering. It Khan like pandering. wasn't the villain in that movie. Well, fair enough. It was the guy. It was it was Robocop. Yeah, Robocop was the villain in that movie. Spoiler alert: Khan Khan had alternative motives that made him the villain. Either that, or um, Robocop would have lasted towards the once. end of the movie. Robocop was the villain. I saw the movie a second time. Khan was just an innocent bystander. I disliked You're what they I mean. Did he was a bad guy. Yeah, but. He was not the villain of the movie. So does that mean, since it, this is J.J. Abrams doing Star Trek, bringing back Khan, that would mean when he does Star Wars, he's going to bring back Vader? Or is he going to bring back the Emperor? Well, the difference is <laughs> that Star Wars is not a reboot. It's a continuation. It's episode seven. Whereas he went back to the well with Star Trek in a different universe. This is the same Star Wars universe. It's just the next chapter. It's episode seven. If he brings Vader back, you know, there's going to be some be? resurrection involved. Vader back. Lucas, I hope Lucas not. Goes, I hope Vader he does. has I, to come I, back I this really movie. hope they do something completely different. I do they too. will. They will. Yeah. But well, Into Darkness felt like a demo reel. It felt like a... Uh, that, that was his uh, resume. I just, ah, you know, it's guys, not that the movie is... It's not that the movie is horrible, but the, the script poorly served... Pretty much every character in that movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, the, the, un, well, they turned Scotty and uh, was, and Sulu basically into uh, ciphers, into one note characters. All Scotty ever did was bitch. That's all Scotty ever did in the original series. <laughs> like, you know, okay. the, the, the main thing I did hate about this movie is that there can no, there is no longer death in the Star Trek universe because of what they did with Kirk, because of Khan's blood, because of Khan's people. No one can ever die in that universe. Well, we know no. that they're going to completely ignore that. That's not fair. That's I, not no, cool. it's not, and I agree with you 100%. I don't think they, they can't afford to ignore it. They will. What, so they're going to just pick up in the third oh, movie, you know and all of a sudden people are getting shot, and they Wait just die without anybody they actually ever mentioning, may not, hey, Wait a minute. Our captain freaking got brought back from the They may not ignore it now, and I'll tell you why. Because it has been reported that Damon Lindelof is not going to be involved in the writing of the third Star Trek movie. Okay. And Abrams probably won't direct it. Yeah, and that's another another thing. There was a whole story about a rumor of some other guy. But this is one of those those geek little elements that have been thrown out there, and it will forever haunt that universe. They have polluted it with the whole, no one can die. They can't. Well, It's just like whenever... 
you know, if Spock's going to be in a situation Unless Bones destroyed all the evidence. Well, it, no, it's gonna, they're, they're turning it into freaking Elysium, where, no, the rich and powerful and connected can live forever, but uh, if you're poor yeah. unwashed, then uh, bye-bye. You know, sorry about that. I'd like to see Abrams and those guys let it loose and start making really good science fiction movies. What's one of the things? Because I went back recently and, just, and watched all the original Star Trek films. Okay. And it's all basically just one story. Yeah. Two-thirds of it, anyway. Especially... Two, three, and four, they yeah. happen boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and if, if Star Trek movies have always been big blockbuster movies. They uh, should be, yeah. But, well, no, I mean, it's a chance to make, imagine if they... Well, you know, Insurrection. You could take a really not good a, science fiction story a jerk and make about a really it. good summer action movie. Yeah. And you're not being a jerk, you're speaking the truth. Well, you know, they get <laughs> Insurrection, I've, I think I own a copy of it on DVD for some That's the only reason. one I've never seen. You've never seen it's it. Terribly, it's I'm not going to show it to you sad. tonight. Um, well, it's just what it is. Is it's it's a two part TV episode yeah. that they asked yep. you to pay movie theater prices for. Exactly. That's Thank what you. it was. Thank and you. For that. Was, I had no problem yeah. with that. Actually. And what was the uh, what was well, the episode? If it was a better story. What was um, the movie that had um, F. Murray Abraham? In that, it? Was that was Insurrection. Okay. Well, oh no, what, I have seen that one. Okay. Nemesis was, is the they one. Had Nemesis. Oh, okay. Nemesis. Tom Hardy is disappointing, but not awful. Bane was the clone of Captain Picard in Nemesis. Yeah. Well, oh, no, they, wait. That one was okay. So which is the one that's on the planet where nobody dies? Which Star Trek Next Generation that's is in, that? That's Insurrection. That's F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Is that the same one? The lady that was Dr. Octopus's wife yes. in Spider-Man 2 uh-huh. was in Star Trek Insurrection. And there was a little thing, attraction between Picard and, and that woman. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> That's a darn good point. See, I mean, there were there were a couple of cool action sequences in the movie, but nothing There's, you nothing you couldn't see a, on the TV show. Is there something with like a four wheel jeep type of vehicle? That, that was that, Nemesis. That, and was, that Nemesis. was that was ridiculous. That was where they had B four spread out on that uh, planet, yeah. and they had Kill to go me. all the way around. Shoot, it's me. still hard to believe Bane the, was the clone the, of Picard in that movie. The Jar Jar of the Star Trek universe, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you to B four. Yeah, I don't know. That was. <laughs> Star Trek Not, First Contact. Let's, let's play. No, let's, it did have data. It did have a great so, death by data. So the, I yeah. love that death. So the original Star Trek cast's uh, epilogue was Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, which is a great movie. Yeah, it is. And it's it's probably, forever. It's my favorite original series I, movie. I think it's the best of them. Everything taken into consideration. It's the it's best my favorite. Of them. It's it my play, favorite. It plays to the actor's strengths. Because yeah. they're they're older, yeah. and they they use that as part of the story. They don't use it as a hindrance. Who is it? Uh, Harv Bennett, who who wrote the script uh, for Star Trek? Um, dang it, I'm Nicholas Meyer. Thank you, Nicholas Meyer. We need to get him to do Star Trek Three. I I dare you. He also directed. Um, the, he uh, wrote and directed um, a miniseries on ABC. If you remember, um, what was that? The last day with the. It was about nuclear the day war. After? The day after. Oh Nicholas my Meyer wrote gosh. and directed that. Oh, boy. I, that that bothered me. You know, we watched it as, what, a 13-year-old or something? That movie bothered me for a decade. I spent the entire, the entire early mid eight, basically up until about 1985, 86, I truly wondered sometimes if we were going to die in a flash of Yeah, I just heard, or heard uh, an interview with him recently on PBS about the day after, and he was talking about the effect it had on 
popular culture and on himself. I yeah. was, uh, yeah, I was pretty. I, I had like a real phobia over uh, atomic war at that time. <laughs> yeah, turning the earth I into mean, a sheet I, of glass. Yeah, and so <laughs> I would. I refused to watch that movie. It, it was just too scary for me. And I mean, I, I would, I could not sleep at night thinking that we were going to be. Yeah, there up. were a lot of people. I never was, I, I, even though I grew up in that era, I never was afraid of nuclear war. Not like I was afraid of, you know, quicksand. <laughs> war. Wow. Or, Dude, uh, Nicholas Meyer wrote Time After Time. When I was a kid, I thought quicksand was going to be a lot bigger. The Cindy Lauper song? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Quicksand is not the big danger that we were all led to believe as kids. <laughs> when have you ever run into a situation where. You, it's either quicksand or down power lines. Those things just don't happen that often. You haven't gotten caught life. in quicksand? <laughs> Not yet. You haven't had to, like, grab a snake and use it to pull yourself <laughs> no. out? Jeez. That must be weekly. I guess my foundation must be shifting or something. I'm not supposed to have all that. So uh, Nicholas Meyer also wrote Time After Time. That's a really good movie. Malcolm yeah. McDowell, David Warner. Christopher Reeve. H.G. Wells pursues Jack the Ripper to the Oh, no way. I'm thinking something else. When the serial murderer uses the future writer's time machine to escape his time period. That was a cool movie. I have no idea if it holds up, but yeah, that was cool. Seems like I saw it like three years ago, and it's one of those movies that you sit through and you want it to hold up, but it really doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. It's probably like watching The Six Million Dollar Man. No matter how bad you want it to be awesome. Um, I don't know. I still want to see, though, the, uh, the Bionic Woman. I... I have been desperate for it to hit Netflix or whatever for years. There's I, our pizza pie. I want to run into it. Um, oh, you're probably hearing. There's a little tiny bit of uh, noise in the um, in the headsets. Little, little tiny buzzing sound. Is that what you're? No, I'm hearing. Uh, oh, the doorbell probably. The pizza guy's here. No, it was, oh. like, it was like the Microsoft commercial. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You were hearing the. You were hearing the advertisement uh, at the beginning of this YouTube video. I forgot the way I set oh. up the thing so you could oh. hear. Nobody else could hear that. Thank you for spoiling it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to cue up um, some Cindy Lauper. There we go. Did it work? This is not my song for the end of the show, by the way. So you mentioned time after time, of that course. Impression. Made me think of that. So. Yeah. Um, Why don't we? You'll be um, happy to know that Nicholas Meyer also wrote "Invasion of the Bee Girls." Nice. In case, in case you're needing something to watch, or you could watch Judge D and the Monastery Murders. That was a teleplay for a TV movie, so it's totally different. Um, do we want to pause and eat, or do we want to wrap this up and then eat? I don't know. What's Frank? What do you want to do, Frank? Pause and eat, or wrap it up and eat? Pause and okay. eat. All right. Pause it. Good. In that case, we'll be back. You people, take off, hosers. After pizza. Come back. That was yummy. Oh, that was good. And we've Pizza's lost all good. steam. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to. Hey, you know what? I did want to review time, that one book. Next time, more cinnamon sticks. There's still some over there, aren't There's there? Still plenty. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me do a quick review. Chris over at um, Top Shelf Books yeah. sent out an email a while back that said, hey, if you want to review some books, let mm-hmm. me know. I'll send you some copies. Cool. So I, I took them up on the challenge, and I took two. The first one I wanted to talk about this week 
was a book called Heck by a Zandin, Xander Cannon. And let me kind of read the... Heck the by Xander Cannon. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and here's the uh, snippet about it. It's his own personal hell, hell. After the funeral of his estranged father, faded hometown, hometown hero Hector Heck Hammerschlock finds himself the new owner of the old man's house and inside it, a portal to the underworld. With a with hmm. few other prospects on the horizon, Heck or Hector goes into business settling inheritance disputes by contacting the recently deceased, accompanied by his faithful sidekick, Elliot. But when an old flame knocks on the door with an important message for her late husband, Heck and Elliot embark on a terrifying journey down into the nine circles, bravering the horrors of hell for an assignment that will rele- that will reveal more than, than was ever imagined. I'm sorry, did you say nine circles? <clears throat> yes, nine circles. Okay. Um, Jeff Lemire, you guys familiar with that. him? Yes. And particularly his art style, that's what this book kind of mirrors, that type of look. So it's a kind of a rough look, but it's a, uh, it's a three-panel uh, layout, like you would see in Sunday comics. Yeah. Is it but, a triptych? Uh, <clears throat> not so much triptych, but the story is laid out in these three panels that are one on top of each other. So okay. every page has two, three panels on it. Okay. Uh, the story actually itself, I'm only halfway through the book, so I don't know how it ends because it's almost like 250 pages. Um, it's really captivating, the story. It's more about the characters in this and this character, Hector, having to go down to hell to deliver just this one message for an old high school flame. And it's kind of weird because at times you don't know if you don't know if this is the way things always are or if things are always different each time he goes down. Because after each series of events, he'll say, oh, I always forget how, how hard that part is. Because before the event, he's always, piece of cake, I can do it, no problem. It'll take me you know, so many days, I'll be fine. But he's, the characters are really struggling in this book. And this would be like the perfect book for someone who really has kind of a an indie vibe, you know, like they're not so much into capes and stuff, but, you know, you want to introduce them into comic books, mm-hmm. kind of mainstream-ish, but not kid stuff. It's I would black highly and white. recommend it. Yeah, black and white. Um, Xander Cannon is the author, and the name of the book is Heck, and it's through Top Shelf Productions. Does he draw it also? Yeah, he also draws it. Let's see, a little bit of some stuff he's done. Award-winning cartoonist. He's done The Replacement Gods, Top Ten, Smacks, The Stuff of Life. Can't say I'm familiar with any of those other titles. Well, top Ten. Isn't that top the Alan 10? Moore? Isn't that the Alan Moore book? That top I 10? don't know. But uh, just from a story aspect, it's kind of a slice of life, but with um, some otherworldly type elements. A slice of life with demons, <laughs> basically. And some uh, well-thought-out irony. In it I'll too. read it when you're done with it. Okay, cool. Sounds so anyway, cool. thank you very much, Chris, over at Top Shelf. I'll have another book maybe in two weeks to talk about. Okay. But uh, I can highly recommend it so far, at least the first half of it. And again, that's Heck by Xander Cannon. 
And you can get it digitally or uh, a hard copy. Top shelf. Thank you. Bill, it's your turn for music to end the show. Already? Yes. No sweat. You know what we're going to do? What? We're going to try to share a little music with uh, people who might otherwise not have heard the song because it's actually not a very well-known album. And uh, you know what? If you're careful, you may learn something, too. But uh, are you ready to get funky? Let's get funky. Are you ready? Who's the artist? The artist. This is the Magnificent, the one only my favorite rapper of all time. This is Q-Tip. 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 And this is off his second solo album, Kamal the Abstract, which uh, was produced and then shelved for years and finally released on CD um, years after it was uh, actually done. Hmm. And um, I'm trying to remember if his third uh, album, The Renaissance, actually came out uh, before they uh, released this one. I finally... Uh, I'd. I'd found this. Uh, I'd found these songs out there on the net like a decade ago, um, and uh, didn't feel too bad about uh, about collecting those into uh, a folder of MP3 music because you couldn't buy the album. Mm-hmm. It was not available for purchase, and so I figured, well, I see it here. I can't buy it. I'll grab it. I'll listen to it. I'll love it. When it did come out on CD, I did purchase a copy. Here I'm it looking is. At it. Yeah, I'm You're looking it. at it. This is a factory purchase copy of Q-Tips Come All the Abstract. And uh, this is, uh, if you listen to the words too closely, uh, you might uh, you might learn something. This is technically a, a uh, um, this is uh, the last song on the album, but not the last song on the CD. Um, so, with that said, please enjoy. And I'm not even going to bother trying to hit the post. I'm just going to roll it. She work at Mickey D's from 10 to 5, Walmart, 6 to 12, saving up enough for school. Her little girl is doing well. Daddy is a walking bum, smoking weed, drinking rum. Couldn't leave her if I try to see her light is on his side. Friday night is heating up, young cats tricking up, dancing so they give it up, the best girl walking earth, and you know for what it's worth, she working towards a better life, regardless if she working nights. Even 
Jesus. I dig a song. 